Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Rowan Adler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my team uh, co-host for the last 16 years now. Uh, we've been doing this show. And, you know, Kathy and I are both executive coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking for those key things, tips, tools, things that you could do a little differently. Maybe sometimes it's things that you could do a little less of. But for you to be in the top 10%, this top 10% is a tipping point, and sometimes it's just doing a few things to get into that top 10%. So this idea, today we're going to talk about galvanizing a million leaders. We have a great guest that we'll introduce in a moment, Tammy Daly Blackman, and that's her mission, galvanizing a million leaders. And let me just say a few things, and then I'll bring on uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. But, you know, Kathy and I have been doing this for a long time, and, and we're always very evidence-based. And we're always looking for these key tips and tools. And some of the, the research is showing that if you focus on emotional intelligence, which is a theme and concept for both Kathy and I, and I think also for Tammy, that leaders who are high in emotional intelligence are seven times likely to be high also in leadership performance. That's from six seconds. And the key is today there's so much stuff going on, so much emotions. We like to say everything is more. And if everything is more, you're feeling more, more pressure, more demands, more emotions, sadness, loneliness, anger. What do you do? What do you do about all that? And so that's really the theme of our show. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, Relly. It's always a pleasure to be here. I'm calling in today from the road, so apologies for the background noise, but um, I'm sure that we're going to have an amazing show because we always have amazing guests. And, of course, those of you who are listening in now, as Relly said, you know, we're focused today on leadership as it relates to one of the things that we love, which is emotional and social intelligence. And for those of you who, you know, who know us well, you know that we've been, uh, you know, writing books on the subject. We have a, a, an LMS called Emotional Brands Academy. You can go there and get some freebies. If you go to our landing page at any time, you can click on any of the banners and you'll get some free downloads, some bonuses. You'll be able to find Relly and I and where we are these days, whether we're in our home offices or on the road, and we're always happy to help you in any way we can. And one of the things I think is really interesting, really, is the data that's come in from Six Seconds. Um, and if you all want to go to sixseconds.org backslash biz case, B-I-Z, some fascinating research on where we are with emotional intelligence. And before we bring Tammy on, I just want to make sure that everybody's tracking here. We have lost uh, as, as much as five uh, points on the global EI measurement scale. 
And that means that we are on a downward slope on our emotional intelligence globally. That's very troubling when you think about how leaders need to interact with people to create loyalty and retention. And we know that 23% of leaders who practice emotional intelligence, um, we know that 23% will increase their engagement. 23%, remember that number. And when we look at these numbers, what we also notice is that 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 leftover amount, that 70-some percent that's left over, you know, that's where the variation is in leadership capability. And so we want to make sure in today's show, as we bring Tammy on, that we talk about some of this data. And, Riley, I'm going to turn it back over to you to bring our our guest into the show. Sure. So I think with this mission that Kathy and I are on, it sounds very similar with Tammy. Let me say a little bit about Tammy, and then we'll bring her on and and hear some of the tips and tools and kind of exactly uh, what she's been doing. So uh, Tammy, our uh, guest today, she has sat in every seat uh, at the table, either as an entrepreneur, a leadership expert, nonprofit executive, philanthropic <laughs> leader, that's a good one, and a professor. She is the CEO of Tammy Dowley Blackman's group, LLC, and she's on a mission, as we said earlier, to galvanize a million leaders through her suite of connected company brands, focusing on collaborating with corporate, government, nonprofit, philanthropic, I got it right that time, partners to deliver leadership and workforce solutions through her presentations, workshops, teams, and training. So that's what we want to tap into. She is a recognized organizational and leadership development authority. She's designed and delivered presentations uh, in workshops across the U.S., and she spent almost two decades building companies focused on delivering innovative approaches to leadership and organizational development. So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you all so very much for having me. It's a real pleasure. So, Tammy, uh, if you've listened to our show at any point in, in your career, um, you'll know that Relly and I always like to start off with a little bit about who has influenced your life. Give us a little bit about, about those individuals. I'm sure there's more than one. Uh, to help us with uh, just getting a little bit of connections uh, between you and the audience and a little bit of background on you. Sure. Thank you all. And it's a, always a great question and that way of grounding us all. And it's also that quite kind of question that allows us to see there's so many similarities in our professional, personal lives and the way in which we go about uh, this incredible work. But before I answer that, let me again just thank you all for your 16 years of dedicated service and the ways in which you've been helping us all to learn and to grow around these topics. Uh, you're right, it's more than one, but I'll just focus on a couple of people and actually some experiences. And I'll just say that I've been very fortunate that uh, I, uh, you know, people always talk about their parents. I had parents who had grown up in the Jim Crow South who didn't have much in the way of education. And so they really were pushing mm. what education looked like, but also entrepreneurship. Uh, my father and mother um, uh, really didn't know the words for entrepreneurship, but they were thinking about that it is a way about connecting all of those those ways in which you 
you get to show up and you get to take care of yourselves and advance your thinking and learning. And then I just kept supplementing that. Um, it was really some key programs as a kid. And it's, it's part of the reason why I realized very early on, it, uh, as, and this is a true story, at 14 years old, I realized that I was going to be doing leadership development. I didn't know the exact words mm. for it, uh, but I kept asking questions that what I realized uh, soon thereafter were really about leadership. I was in a, a summer program in uh, Andover, Massachusetts at Phillips Academy, uh, which is a private boarding school. And I went there as a summer mm. student in a program called Math and Science for Minority Students, and they only selected 30 students each summer. And they brought you there really because they were trying to correct for that we had very few scientists and doctors who were Native American, African American, and Latino. Um, and that's the language they used uh, at that time. And as they've evolved, uh, it's you know more specific to thinking about people of color and indigenous. But that's the way in which they described us, you know, many decades ago. And they were really trying to correct for that we just had very few, as I said, in the sciences and in the medical field. And I quickly realized, though, that there was something else I was coming up on around this idea of what I like. And I went to the executive director and I said, "I'm so very sorry. I think you've wasted a, a scholarship." And he said, "Why would you think that?" And I I said, well, I love math and science and I'm doing it, but I really think I want to do something more like what you do. And he asked me questions and, and I was really fascinated by this idea of even how I got there. And that was the first time I heard the word philanthropy and met with my the foundation that was sponsoring me. They sponsored all 30 students each year. And it was just a, it just this, it opened up doors in a wide, wide way for me. And so that executive director and teachers and all along the way, I had an amazing high school principal. These were early people in addition to my parents. And then as I've gone through my career, I have been open to asking questions and not being afraid. And then that opened the door to another word I didn't know, but became to know, which is mentorship. And so it's as much about the people, it's as much about the ideas as it's been the people that have really helped me to form very specifically that I was interested in entrepreneurship, uh, but in entrepreneurship that the thread across all the work I do across all three of, of my companies that live under Tammy Daly Blackman Group would be connected to leadership development and organizational development. And that's why what you said, galvanizing one million leaders cuts across all three of those companies. It is truly the through line. That is so beautiful. I do have a, a human, amazing daughter who is a Gen Zer who helps inform a lot of the work that we do in that second company, Looking Forward Lab, which is focused on how do we prepare Gen Zers for the workforce and being in the workplace. Uh, but yes, we've got our unofficial mascot is uh, Urban, uh, U-R-B-A-N, like an urban city, uh, who is a six-year-old Newfoundland who is just the sweetest. And so that's what you're referring to, Kathy. He shows up on social media sometimes as uh, the unofficial mascot and the CEO's fur baby. He's beautiful. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so like Kathy says, we, we both have our dogs who are very, very affectionate and in it. And it's like you said earlier, we need this connection. So just a, uh, a thought on Phillips Academy. I know they were always big in outdoor adventure and outward bound stuff. I've done those in my in my past. And so did you have those kind of programs where you worked on kind of connecting with the others using kind of the outdoor adventure as a medium? Those things didn't come until I was much more of an adult. That that early program I was referring oh, okay. to was, was an academic program, and had and certainly there was outdoor elements to it, and and wanting us to be physically active. But it was truly trying to solve for a problem, and that problem being that there was a dearth of 
of, of people of color who were scientists and that that had impacts on, on, on what was being learned, who sure. were sitting at the table, but it also had an impact on okay. medical care. And now we, we know what those things much more, but that then they were very focused on the academic program. But those other programs have it. certainly been a huge part of my life. Okay, good. Well, so kind of along, along that, you know, it's, this idea of galvanizing a, uh, a million leaders, your belief that leaders aren't born but nurtured. So it sounds like some of this comes back from that beginning. But tell us how you, how you define leadership today. I define it broadly, and I really uh, worry about that people have uh, have somehow developed this idea that it is very narrow and it is only these people who are elected or these people that somehow uh, have affluence or, or they've you know, been doing what's called leadership since they were, you know, in grade school. And I really think that there are so, so many people who are leaders in our community. And again, I go back to you as the story of sort of people who have influenced you. My parents um, came from very little, had very little in the way of education, but both were, were very influential in their communities. My, for my mother, um, she was one of the first uh, sellers of Avon in our community, teaching other women how to build their own businesses. Mm. She taught herself class. She taught herself how to do woodworking and how uh, to paint uh, and taught other women in our community how to take on those skills so that they would be able to do things in the community, not only in their homes, but beautify uh, the community. Uh, It was was phenomenal to me, all the things she taught herself, self-taught in so many ways. And so uh, I I think about leadership as a much more uh, broader term and and that way in which we we give and try to help those around us. And I'm always careful with that term, particularly for those, again, when we do this work with Gen Z, and Gen Z fits in in all three of the, the companies, but very squarely, as I said, in Looking Forward Lab. And we don't want them to think that it's only those who are on social media and influencers or only those who are uh, who are celebrities or who have been um, who are scientists discovering, you know, on the verge of discovering um, big medical breakthroughs or those things. And so we really talk to them about that. What is it that's meaningful to you? What is it that's important to you? So whether that's volunteerism, uh, whether that is uh, you want to be, you know, a scientist, whether it's you want to be a teacher, but we're asking them to think about what it means to do that and in service to community and how they can do that on any scale and how that is true leadership. So I think of it very broadly, and we try our best in this work we do to help leaders develop themselves and to really get to know themselves and then also to get to know others so they can help them be their best leaders as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm, I, you have such a great energy in, in your voice, Tammy. It's a delight. We're going to take a quick break. So hold that thought, Tammy. We're going to come right back. We're listening to Leadership Development News, so don't go away. We have much more. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand 
with quality, with passion. We follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Uh, we are talking today with Tammy uh, Dowley Blackman. She has a website uh, that is uh, www.tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, and then D-B for her uh, last name, dowleyblackman.com. Uh, so you can see a lot of the information and uh, programs and services she has. But, uh, Tammy, you mentioned a couple times you're three different companies, maybe just for our audience. What, what are those? They sound like they're kind of diverse, and then we'll come back into – some of the ways that you are developing these a million leaders. Sure. Thank you. Uh, this work really for me has been uh, at the insistence of, of the need. And so we have created companies that are designed to meet that need that uh, that partners have asked us for. So the first is TDB Strategic Advisory, which is a traditional management consulting firm and really came out of my uh, two opportunities to serve as a CEO of two different nonprofits over the years. And as I was coming out of those, realized there were things I wish I had as a as a, an executive director, CEO, as a leader, and uh, tried to develop a company that would service those leaders in that way. And over time, it's it's grown tremendously. Uh, it started with uh, with nonprofits in the philanthropic sector asking us for support, and then over time, it's grown to also include corporate and government. And we work across organizations, institutions, 
uh, with teams as large as, you know, 300 plus in nine countries and smaller teams that are, you know, 10 people, because a lot of the issues are the same around how do we manage? How do we stay on? How do we stay relevant? How do we right. continue to evolve? How do we make sure there's solid board development? And then the next one is looking forward lab, which is really focused on uh, bringing uh, Gen Z into the workforce, but doing that in a way that will help them and help us into trying to mitigate some of those uh, those differences and misunderstandings. And then you layer on COVID. It's been difficult. And we work with the, the institutions educating them and then also the companies hiring them. And lastly, Cooper and Lowe was designed for women who kept coming to me asking, how did you build a company and companies with from scratch with no capital, no real uh, understanding or prior experience in entrepreneurship? And certainly they can get a lot of things off the internet, but many of them struggle to figure out how to do it and wanted to work with someone who had actually done it. Um, so that's the work we do across those three companies. And again, that galvanizing one million liters cuts across all three companies. Tammy, I'm, I'm biting here. Um I'm biting my tongue. I'm trying to look at um, all the different questions that you know we, we've anticipated asking you. But I'm going to I'm going to jump into this this workplace for a multi generational workforce uh, with all five generations to show up, you know, mm-hmm. and lead. How do how do we how do we make that fair? How do we make that space? so that it welcomes all five of these generations. Yes, you're right. Five generations in the workforce, the most we've ever had. And, and they all bring something incredible to the space in terms of expertise and, and thinking skill um, and creativity. And that's part of where we start is reminding them there's a space for all of them because sometimes that can feel uh, it can feel like there isn't, and that um, that one voice is is, is being um, you know supported over another, or or believes to be more powerful than another. So we try to create that equal representation of the space. Uh, we come at it a couple of different ways, and when we're managing those who've been in the workforce, uh, we're asking them, what are the skills you wish you had, and wish that and you would love for those coming new into the workforce to really to be able to hit the ground running and and to have. And for those who are fairly new to the workforce, asking them what is it they think they bring and what is it they worry that they didn't get enough of when they were being trained in, in you know, their college or internship experiences and would like to have. And then from there, we, we work from the middle and, and really, again, go back to leadership. What's your leadership style? Back to emotional intelligence, what you all know uh, dearly, how important it is, and really trying to get them to understand that that being intuitive, that listening, that more than you actually are speaking can just be... Uh, make all the worlds of difference, and but actually helping them to understand not only how to to do it, but then how to put action behind it. So that's that's the the central places we start from in that work with five generations in the workplace. You know, I just want to mention to our audience, in case you you have forgotten, let me just give you a quick snapshot here. So baby boomers are ages fifty nine to seventy seven. Gen Xers mm-hmm. are about forty three to fifty eight. And millennials, 27 to 42, and Gen Z, which is what we were just talking about, are 11 to 26. So this is quite an amazing feat if you think about it. It will be a historic opportunity for everybody, think about it, from age 11 to age 77 to be working towards being educated in or working in this five-generation, multi-generational workplace. And so leadership and emotional intelligence 
are, are going to be really key. I'm sure Relly's standing by with a great question. Hi, thanks, Kat. Um, we do want to hear about kind of your definition of leadership and emotional intelligence, how it's evolved. Like Kathy was saying, for some of the research, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had Josh Freeman from Six Seconds, who's done some phenomenal research that Kathy was talking about. Um, but the idea that emotional intelligence in apartment is from the pandemic, you know, has actually gotten less uh, in the generation. So this is kind of leading towards, you know, asking about emotional intelligence and also maybe with some of these other generations. And I think for every hour that someone's in front of a screen, which now we all are more than we want, it's less hours that you're in front of a person. And so I think that's some of the rationale to why emotional intelligence has gone down. But maybe just from your, your standpoint, have, have you noticed that, uh, that emotional intelligence um, either has gone down or probably on the positive side, is it more the need for it, given where we're at today, uh, you know, with the pandemic and then also with these different generations? So I'll start from your second part of that. You are absolutely right. There is a, a huge need for it. And for, I always say to people uh, to give a little grace, to give a little mercy to one another and not jump to conclusions, not make assumptions about what I should know or, or how I've entered the workspace, uh, that we're all trying to figure it out. This workplace is, is moving and changing so quickly. And certainly COVID is at it, uh, has expedited that in, in so many ways. And so, yes, we need inter- emotional intelligence even more than ever. And then back to that other piece about, yes, I've seen it go down, and I've seen it go down on both sides. And I really work hard to make sure that I say both sides, that there really isn't a, a, it's one side. When we're in the workplace, we're all trying to do our best work, but where sometimes people are coming in a bit uh, cantankerous and, and it's, well, I feel this or I feel that, and I'm trying to have them meet each other in the middle, I'll say to those who've been in the workforce who might feel and been there, um, not, you know, sometimes the words that are, are being used to describe those who are entering the workforce aren't always uh, as kind as they could be or should be and, and are accurate uh, because what we know about Gen Z is that it's the most diverse. It's the most te- technologically savvy. They come with real passion around these important issues like climate change, around diversity, equity, inclusion, and stability. They're asking big, important questions. And I've heard many leaders who are in the workforce to say, I'm so happy they're asking these questions. I never even thought to ask these questions, but I do wish we could ask those questions in the way that we all could be at the table and could mm-hmm. feel that we were having that conversation together versus it being an either or. So my work is to place them in the middle and get them to see each other's side of this and to see that they're, we're all really wanting the same things and how can we each bring something uh, to this. And in that way, it's increasing their emotional intelligence. To your point, the screen has made it so that sometimes people forget they're talking to another person. Um, they forget because they can put something in a chat or they forget because they turn their screen off. And so the more and more we can have people in person, even if we're still in a hybrid, um, I think that we're certainly in that place to stay for at least a while. Uh, but we find that we've got more and more teams, even those who went completely remote immediately in the wake of COVID, they are now working really hard to have built-in meetings where they come back at least once a month. Regionally, they're bringing their teams together. So in some ways, some of them are now spending more money than they ever spent in having an office with rent because they're still trying to be open to what the workforce needs and that flexibility is what they're trying to provide, but they still want to bring people together so that they can actually uh, build their emotional intelligence and they can be supportive of one another while they all work on the good work of that institution. 
Yeah, that and that is so important, uh, Tammy, because if we look at the data that also came back with this six seconds report, we're seeing that for every person we lose due to loyalty, due to that lack of empathy you described in this generation that is so uh, sensitive to their environment, uh, sensitive to each other. And they want leaders who have that empathy and that capacity Mm -hmm. for connecting to them. And so when we lose one of those people, it's costing us 2.5, two and a half times their salary Mm -hmm. to replace them. And so like Relly said at the beginning, you know, we like to keep things very science, uh, very research-based. So all of these behaviors that you're describing which I love, have financial repercussions and consequences. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can talk to us about maybe one or two case studies, just some brief examples of the things that you have been doing that are showing leaders how to go forward in this environment. You're right, and, and, it's, and here's the thing I, I say to leaders. It's going to cost us one way or the other. I'd like for it to cost us less financially, a less, a less emotionally, uh, and, and less in terms of, of losing leaders. And so we have a great case example I'll use is um, there are two. One is corporate and, and, and one is a, is a national nonprofit. Uh, Cambridge Innovation Center, also called CIC, has nine offices across the world, but their headquarters are in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they're a real estate conglomerate. They were the original kind of uh, co-working and very specific to trying to uh, create co-working space for startups. And we work with them prior to COVID and around working uh, back with them, um, particularly around uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, and belonging under TDB Group Strategic Advisory. We are not a training company around DEI, but we embed it across all of the work that uh, organizations, companies, governments are, are trying to do. And for CIC, they were really determined that they wanted to do even more around creating an equitable workforce. And they were asking themselves big questions before COVID, before our national reckoning uh, conversation about what it meant to be an equitable workforce, not only in terms of gender or race or sexual orientation or any of those, but they were asking about what it meant in terms of policies and everyone getting equal opportunity to rise in, in the ranks and get new opportunities and new job assignments, all of those things. And so with them, it is that they're saying we would rather spend the money and the time to invest in giving our team the opportunity to ask these tough questions, to wrestle with them, and then to be able to embed that work, that learning in their key performance indicators so that they know that they can benchmark it and they can actually show we set out to do these, to have these goals and we've been able to move it, whether, again, it's about uh, equity in terms of policies, whether it's about hiring uh, people who are younger to the team or advancing people who are younger or hiring more women or more people of color, and they can actually benchmark that. And so though they're spending money, they feel like they're saving far more money and time in the long run by ensuring that they have that. Another one is uh, Common Cause, which is a national nonprofit that is bipartisan that works on issues around ensuring that our, all of us in the United States has a democracy uh, that we can count on. So it doesn't care whether what your political orientation is, it's there for everyone. And Common Cause is headquartered in Washington, D.C., but has state offices in 24 states. 
and said uh, we wanted in 2020 set out to be able to, again, provide this conversation for how do we build stronger leadership across the National Governing Board, across their state advisory board members who are all volunteers and across their, their staff of 200 plus and said we want to build leadership. And in building leadership, they wanted to build equity and they wanted to be really thoughtful about diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility and belonging. But they also said racial equity is tied to democracy and we really need to understand race, not just blush over it or think we know about it. And this is not about affirmative action or giving anyone more opportunity than another. They just wanted to make sure they understood the issues so that they could do the best possible democracy work in this country. And so we've done that work with them over the last two years again, but they started from this question of what would it look like to build stronger leadership? across this entire organization. And in building leadership, they had to also ask these questions that were relevant to access and equity. So those are just two examples of where we've watched people really wrestling with this and thinking about this and, again, bringing emotional intelligence into it and really advancing this understanding of that we can't look at these things in silo. Outstanding. Uh, Well, that's beautiful. And, Tammy, I'm interested to hear... How do you how do you go about that? Because I know you know all three of us are in organizations, and one of the things is time. You know, one of the major constraints is time, and so mm-hmm. I like that you use the word space, because in a sense, that's what I'm always trying to squeeze in. How about we get a little more space for this? How about we get more space for this? When what's natural is is their deliverables and their crisis of the day. And it squeezes out this space that I think all of us, you know, want to create more time, more space, therefore more quality, more looking at leadership. So maybe with this idea of the space, how do you how do you help them create that space given all the demands that they have? And that's it. So, gosh, Riley, you are so important, uh, pointing to something that's so important. And it's one of, if I had to say that there's something that literally stops most leaders in their track, it's this idea of time, that everyone feels so crunched for it. Everyone has got 99 things on their plate. And so it does not mean that people do not care about how do we bring new people into the workforce or how do we be more equitable or how do we make sure that our teammates aren't burned out or they care about all of these things, but time is is just so hard. Um, and so mm-hmm. a couple of ways we do this, and I'll give you another great example. I got a call recently from a partner that we had worked with prior, and they called to say, oh, my goodness, can you help us on something uh, that we really want to do around leadership and around our board? Well, they're calling with weeks and with less than a week's notice uh, about this important work, and they are calling um, and wanting to shove it into a very already tight agenda for their board. Now, I in no way uh, fault them, blame them, because they're trying their best. They're trying their best. But what I said to them is I said, look, we'll do this with you, and I will squeeze uh, a conversation, not the conversation that you think you can have because there's not enough time, but a conversation that can prep you all for that and really to give you a thinking, a, a way of thinking about how you can start building this in so it doesn't have to feel like it's 
all at once or nothing. So what we've done with organizations is we create what the standard for us is called a learning agenda. And so this is whether we're talking about the CEO, the board of directors, the management team, or junior team members. But creating a learning agenda says that whether it's a staff meeting or some other meeting, we're actually going to plan them out over three, six or so months so that we know what we need to be doing. And of course, we've got to leave room for sometimes their emergencies. But here's what we need to be working on. And this allows us to be able to even 20 minutes Mm -hmm. to be able to insert some thinking. It's an article. It's watching a quick video. It's just posing a question in the agenda that gets sent out in advance that people come ready to talk a, a little bit about. That makes, again, all the difference, and it doesn't. Sometimes people think it has to be Hmm. bells and whistles or all or nothing, and what I'm encouraging them to think about, we can do this in these small little spurts, but it can have huge benefits for the team. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Tammy, so we'll come right back to where we left off. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Icy Tech. Like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Path to Leadership Development. There's these profiles and practices of top performers. You can get a hold of Kathy and my work uh, at Academy and some free things that Kathy mentioned earlier. We're talking with uh, Tammy Daly-Blackman and really this idea of galvanizing a million leaders across uh, different uh, companies, organizations that Tammy has, you know, profit, for-profit and corporations and non-profit. And we've just touched on Gen Z, and that sounds like that's one of the key focuses that you have. So, uh, Tammy, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about some of those projects that you have and, and with the Gen Z and, and how you're focusing on helping them in their, in their uh, work world. Sure, thank you. So the projects with Gen Z are varied. We're trying to, as much as it's about the uh, what it means to, to help them come into the workforce and to do solid work, we're helping them to think about their the design of their careers, but also really trying to encourage their creativity and entrepreneurship. And so we have a fellowship, which is the Looking Forward Lab Fellowship. We've had it for two summers and where we've brought in uh, those who wanted to learn entrepreneurship and do research and be part of some projects, but really excited about what's coming uh, soon will be a book project with some Gen Z writers and looking forward to that. So we've actually held, there was a, an original big book project uh, and it just felt like I really wanted it. I appreciated that it was an opportunity for me to share what I've been learning about Gen Z and in the workplace, but it held it so that it could really include their voices more specifically. And so bringing on board uh, two writers and excited that we're just kicking off about that. Uh, and we'll just continue to do the writing that we do on the blog and in other places and, and presentations that we're asked to do, um, uh, particularly at universities uh, and in corporations, but uh, we'll continue to do those. But we really wanted a place for Gen Z to, to amplify its voice and to give them, again, another way to be able to see their leadership, to develop their leadership uh, by making space for them to do it. Uh, through Looking Forward Lab. So that, that's exciting. Uh, and then the work we're doing with women entrepreneurs, again, is just like the other two companies with that, the request of what the needs were uh, to meet the need. And in this instance, it was women who were coming to me, as I mentioned, who said, you've built businesses and you've had to do it with very few mentors and did it uh, from scratch with no capital. Uh, and you've been able to do this and stay in it. Uh, you all know that they say that if you can stay in a business five years, then you might might have a chance, but most businesses don't last of any type of business, any type of sector. Most can't make it past five years. Uh, and um, so women are asking this question about what do I need to do? Can you help me? Uh, can you help us figure this out? So ultimately what we've done is created uh, a learning opportunity. I love learning cohorts. It's, I, for 10 years, I directed uh, a national learning cohort uh, for philanthropy designed to bring people of color into philanthropy, uh, which overwhelmingly had not been a very diverse sector. And we did that from 2005 until 2015. And it was so successful that brought some of those lessons forward in this particular learning cohort uh, for women entrepreneurs. So we have no assumption of how big they want to grow, what their sector might be. We're just providing templates for how this business got, these businesses got built and allowing them a space to do it. And so incubating them and providing some resources for them. Uh, and so that one has just kicked off. It's a company we started building about a year ago and uh, have officially just kicked it off. So both of these things that we're doing uh, to enhance the voices of women entrepreneurs through Cooper and Lowe and enhancing the voices of Gen Z through Looking Forward Lab are uh, really, I feel like as much as it's someone said, I'm giving a gift, I said, no, I'm getting a gift 
it's an opportunity to give back and it's an opportunity to feed the sectors. So, Tammy, I would assume that people can get some of these uh, resources if they come to TammyDB.com? They can. They sure can. Super. What, what three words do you associate with some of the best leaders? Three words. Open, determined, and creative. Open, determined, and, and creative. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting. Relly and I have our words. You know, Relly likes curiosity. That's uh, that's one that resonates right. with him. And my, mm-hmm. I, I'm evolving these days, so uh, <laughs> simplicity is going to be mine. But <laughs> I, I'm sure everybody's thinking of what leader, what what best leader they've ever worked with. You know, and what words came to mind. I can appreciate yeah. each of those words that you stated. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think the uh, determined, and this goes back to what we said earlier, um, just the the challenge for leaders today, like we mentioned with time and stress and everything, you know, being more, um, trying to do it all kind of leads to kind of the burnout. Maybe we'll, we'll flip this a little bit, uh, Tammy, because kind of get into this idea of burnout and like, what are some of the things that you do for yourself? And I imagine, you know, you can bring to your people that you're involved with um, for the balance. Cause I think we're just out of balance and that's the struggle and that's the creating space. But like, what kind of things do you do for yourself? And then maybe that you would end up passing on to others to kind of create that balance and create that space for, for leadership. It's, um, I think it's one of these where people know they should have it, and it's like time. It just seems like it's still elusive and, and hard to get. For me, I've tried to. I, I really appreciate your word, Kathy, around simple. Around the balance piece, I've tried to keep it simple. I wish I could say that I, you know, ran 10 miles a day. I wish I could say that I, you know, did other, you know, kinds of 10 different things a week. And for me, it really is uh, It's art. Uh, I love, love art, and so I spend some time, as much as possible, if I can get to do something with art, if it's picking up an art book, if it's Mm. reading an art magazine or getting to a museum, they make me very happy. I'm on the board of advisors of the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, and uh, so I was in Boston last week to host a luncheon at the museum uh, because it was a way for me to connect. We were saying earlier with COVID, it's been, we've not had as many opportunities to connect with people. So I invited some some guests that I've seen on Zoom, I've talked to, but I haven't had a chance to see in person and invited them to lunch at the Gardner Museum, which has an amazing cafe, and then arrange for a tour of the most recent of the current exhibit. And I'm still getting notes from people saying just how lovely the two hours, a reprieve from them from very busy lives as foundation leaders, as a social service agency CEO, the one who works in Massachusetts public health, they are busy people. And this two hours gave them an amazing reprieve. Mm. So sometimes, again, it's not bells and whistles. I've just tried to create space to see people uh, connect. Um, museums and art do it for me. And uh, and I've got others, but that's one of my big ones right now that's been considered. You know, as you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking of your mom. What a nice way right, to, to keep her in right. the forefront of your leadership capacity. And with Mom's Day not too far away, is it's nice to to know that we, we embrace so many 
good qualities of leadership um, in both feminine and the masculine. And art is such a beautiful way to share them uh, with everybody, yeah. everywhere. So it really is. It really is. Yeah. It was it was so easy to do. And, and I had someone who said to me, I've lived here all these years, and they had never stepped into that museum. And now they could see it as a place of respite, as a place where they could easily just go and, and, and take an hour and, uh, and not have to feel guilty. So uh, it was, it was a, a, it was a wonderful afternoon and it was, you know, work, it was business as well as it was personal. And it was a way of, as you said, um, connecting and creating balance. You know, and I think for our listeners, both Kathy and I talk about this idea, this space, you know, these kind of the micro initiatives, what are the small things you can do to have a macro impact? And I think, Tammy, you've emphasized a couple times already today, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. And I, I know the more we can chunk things down for the people that, that I work with, Kathy works with, what can you do in two or three minutes? You know, and often that's just mm-hmm. centering, that's just balancing, taking a, you know, a break between meetings or teams and Zoom, you know, that whole uh, readiness ritual. How do you get ready for this next endeavor versus jumping, 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 jumping? Um, and, you know, it's so beautiful. Yeah, how like do you get that? Yeah, I'm thinking it's like, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? So art captures so many emotions and so many capacities yeah. for human development and human connection. I think you've really tapped into something very special there. Yeah, I, I did. I, I felt um, was pleased. I was excited, and it, was, it just did my heart good last week. That's so cool. So what we got to just get another couple minutes or so. What's kind of... Uh, next on the agenda, and, and maybe that ties into your a million galvanized leaders. You know, that's that's a great vision mission. Um, kind of what's next, and then any anything you want to say? How you came up with with that mission for yourself? It's um, really again, it goes quickly back to that where we started. It's a great place to end. When I said that program I went to when I was 14 years old, I, I don't know if you all have had something that just sticks with you. And um, it was when I arrived there, I was asked to write a paper. I was in the library researching, um, and I came across in a magazine the word galvanize, and it just hit me. Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, I don't know how to tell you other than it said to me, and I held on to it, it said, you're going to, this word is meaningful, and you're going to use this word. It's going to be a part of your mission. And I, I just didn't have any idea what that meant, but I felt that down deep, and I've held that word ever since. And um so this is mission work for me. Oh, it's a, it, it feels good, Tammy. It just feels good when you when you think about words um, and all of the work that you do. As Relly was saying, you know, for profit, not for profit, for the future. Uh, anything you want to leave our audience with uh, as we uh, as we sign off. Yes, I just would say that we all have a way in which we get to show up and to be part of things, and you all are doing it, and you're, again, this is service, an amazing service that you all give to all of us, and everybody has a way in which they get to give, uh, and in doing so, it it helps us all, and uh, so I just hope Mm -hmm. that everyone is finding their way to give uh, and to enjoy it, Uh, and, and I'm so thankful that we get to connect today and talk about this and to keep uh, amplifying that 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 idea of that, everyone has something to give. Powerful. Well, that's beautiful, beautiful, Tammy. 
So we'll bring this to a close. And for more information about Tammy, she's got a great website, Tammy DB for her uh, last name, Dowley Blackman, uh, TammyDB.com. You can see some of her services. For more information for Kathy and I and get your free ebook, 11 Reasons Why You Need Emotional Intelligence, Emotional Brilliance, slash academy.com. Kathy, let's some last words before we sign off. I just want to thank everybody for always tuning in to tune up your performance here on Leadership Development News. We'll catch you next time. And don't forget, you have everything on demand anytime you need it. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.